Episode 64 for March 2009. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have discounts that make it easy to switch from your current comic supplier. They have discounts from 38 up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trade paperbacks. An example of this month's discount is Amazing Spider-Man number 595. The cover price is $2.99. Mail order has it for $1.85. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Welcome back, gang, to our Spring Forward show. Let me introduce the panel who we have. We have the Invincible, Stella. Welcome, Stella. Uh, thank you. And I would just like everyone to take a five-second moment of silence for Gaius Julius Caesar, who died this day, the eyes of March, in 44 B.C. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and here we, we have the Sorcerer Supreme, Kevin Cushing. Welcome, Kevin. Hola, folks. <laughs> Dr. Strange has never said hola. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say Dr. Strange. Okay. We have the incredible JR. Welcome, JR. Thank you very much. And everybody remember, the next Star Trek movie comes out on May 8th, yes. 2009. Mark your calendar. And JR is battling a cold, so he's not so incredible today. He's got, he's got a little cloggage problem. <laughs> so we'll bear with JR a little bit. And the, we have the spectacular Zach Ham. Welcome, Zach. (laughs) (laughs) I knew somebody was going to bust my balls. It was just going to happen, whether it be Stella or Brad. So I'm good. It's never me. What are you people talking about? (laughs) Yeah. I could be the spectacular Zach Porker, but I think Zach Pam was more appropriate for all families. Uh, Anyway, uh, welcome, gang. We're going to tackle... Well, let's tackle the... We're not going to do the game show edition, which um, I'd like to do again. Aww. Congratulations again, Stella. Did you, Thank did you. Did you get your uh, official Spider Jeopardy plaque? No, I'm just kidding. I don't, <laughs> what? You have, you have bragging rights, no, if anything. Okay. I know you do. Yeah. So, JR wants a recount, and I guess hero- heroin really was the correct answer. Did you guys see that? It's very strange. I feel like it. if you mix heroin with water, obviously I don't know. I don't take drugs, but yeah. I feel like it wouldn't become a viscous fluid. Like, it would just be like sugar water, yeah. and it really wouldn't help. So Anyway, that know. was fun. We'll do that in a couple months or so. But uh, we're going to start with our usual. We're going to tackle uh, Amazing Spider-Man reviews. We're going to tackle number 585, 586, and 587. 585 basically has a Harry Osborne proposing to Lily at the top of the Empire, not the Empire State, but the Statue of Liberty. And he gets rejection. So let's start off with Zach, who knows about rejection. Go ahead, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know a thing of three. Um, it wasn't a bad issue. I, um, character assassination has not been a, a bad arc overall, but this really wasn't a bad issue. Uh, the uh, rejection kind of doesn't surprise me. I mean, we don't know how long Willie and Harry dated beforehand. So um, I kind of think this is a little bit in terms of ribbing at uh, at Peter Parker and Mary Jane's proposal and wild wedding and thing like that, stuff, stuff like that. So I, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't a terrible issue. Uh, Menace certainly was, was becoming more and more interesting and becoming more and more of a 3D character or something that it should have been that should have been done over this past year. It seems like. It's introduced. He's here. He's introduced, and uh, you know, right. then there's really nothing done with them until now. So. And it's a girl. So <laughs> it's a girl. Yeah, I, I was 
Was this, was this the, it's been a while since I've read these. Is, is this the issue where she was, re, it was revealed? Yeah, well, last panel on the last page. Harry walks okay. in on her, so. Um, and that, that was, a lot of people called that, which is kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> when you think about it. Uh, really wasn't a good, uh, mystery if you, if you call it a week and a half before. Yeah. Well, didn't leave me, didn't keep me guessing. Right. What I'm saying. What's your grade on it? What do you give it? I'll give it a B minus. B minus. Okay. J.R. Junior's artwork gives it mostly a B minus. Speaking of J.R., uh, let's talk about J.R. What'd you think of this? Oh, I didn't like it too much. I hate. I really hate uh, reading issues where Spider-Man is basically somebody's bitch throughout the entire <laughs> issue. And, uh, you know, basically. You know, basically, Menace just cleaned his clock, which, frankly, Menace has no business in cleaning Spider-Man's clock. Um, Peter, once again, you know, he's he's been shot, he's bleeding, he feels miserable, but he's got this overwhelming guilt complex. He's got to go out and get his ass kicked. I just I just find that very tiring, and uh, just didn't find it very interesting at all. You know, I give it I give it a C minus. I just really didn't care for this issue whatsoever. What about the reveal so, of uh, Lily as Menace? What'd you think? Well, it wasn't too, it wasn't too surprising, but in, in, in all honesty, there weren't that many people it could be. I mean, after all, how many new characters have really been introduced? It was either going to be her or Carly or, uh, or Vin, really, when you think about it. What if, <laughs> so, what if they would have went with a jackpot reveal or somebody you have no clue who it is? Would that have been better, you think? No, 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 not at all. We already, we went, we, we went down that, we went down that rather sorry path once already, right. so it's a good thing they didn't go again. I, I'm frankly glad it was Lily. I mean, it's about time he had a, uh, another female villain, uh, and this one seems to, you know, uh, at least, uh, have some interesting, uh, uh, qualities about her, so I'll be, you know, curious to see how it plays out. I hope she stays around for a while, so. I think she's actually an interesting character now. I mean, but, who knows? What was, what was your grade again, Jer? I'm sorry. It was a C overall. C. So we got C minus and a C. And Kevin, what do you like? What do you think? Uh, not much. Uh, <laughs> it was it was a pretty forgettable issue. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It's it's got all those uh, stylistic problems. Of the last issue, but uh, yeah, not really much surprising going on here. It pretty much played out exactly like you expected it to. The cover told you how Menace was going to kick Spider Man's crippled ass <laughs> the the reveal wasn't surprising at all and honestly i think it's the coloring uh but jr jr's art is not up to snuff for me in these issues so there's really not a whole lot of redeeming qualities like i said it's not a terrible read it was just so forgettable yeah i'm gonna give it a c all right stella we getting above a c today with you <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just weird. I always, like, grade these in advance, and then after I hear people, they start to slowly, um, get lower, but, <laughs> um, so first of all, I would like to point out that Peter wasn't exactly naked in the bathroom. He actually had boxer shorts on. He, he did? Yeah. I guess I wasn't staring so. that much. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, yeah, I mean, I guess he was just shouting naked to make Carly go away. Okay. Um, overall, I thought it was... A good issue. Um, I thought it was kind of the epitome of Spider-Man, just that one scene where he was sacrificing, obviously, his his better well-being to go out and um, fight Menace. He knew what to do, what was right. So I enjoyed that. Um, I loved the Jonah parts, just that he was going on a rampage uh, between those two and um, making fun of the two anchors. Yeah. <clears throat> and, the, and just little effects, I think, of 
the art, um, like the dizzy bubbles and Spider-Man saying, you know, don't pass out, don't pass out, sort of reminded me of the, the drunken scenes, just like little things like that. Yeah. And, oh, I guess I guess we find out later, but I was wondering what the why Menace was coughing up. Like, I guess she was having issues with the formula, but I guess we realize in later issues what's happening. But right. overall, I think I would give it a B plus. I was a little disappointed with the reveal. Um... I guess it makes sense, but I don't know. I really wish I was, like, shocked, like, oh, my gosh, but I wasn't really. So, yeah. but B-plus for me. Uh, I'd give it a B myself. Uh, I thought the artwork was great. Uh, General Romita Jr. does a great job. Um, one thing I didn't understand in the issue is Jonah is live for the TV station, and then they cut to his mouth agape. What happened? What, what, what happened in that scene, guys? I don't. I didn't understand it. Do you remember, Where again? remember in that, that issue that Jonah's live out for the TV station, and, the, and oh, then yeah. you cut to a scene and his mouth is just wide open. It's like he's confused or something. What what happened to J- Jonah Jameson there? Do you guys know? I was, I was just confused at that one panel. That kind of threw me off. Was that after Spider-Man got arrested and he was just sitting there really happy? Yeah. yeah. Oh, was that it? I think that's the next oh, issue. Okay. Okay, I'm, yeah. and the, yeah. I think he was just really happy. So he was he was he was on TV live and he was just uh, dumbfounded. Speechless. Okay, got it. Okay, I get it now. Anyway, that threw me off for the next issue. This issue didn't throw me off. It, um, I, I I guess I like the reveal, but again, as as uh, Stella said, it's kind of predictable. I mean, who who else is it going to be? So, but uh, like Jr. said, also it's nice to have a female goblin. I don't think we've had one since Spider Girl. Uh, female goblin. So, B out of me. It's not the worst I've ever seen, <laughs> especially with brand new uh, ways to die, live, progress, <laughs> whatever the hell this storyline is. So, B out of me. Let's go to five eighty-six, uh, which actually is an interlude. Why didn't they just make this a five-part series? Why did they? This one just have to be point five. I don't understand. Yeah. But uh I think that you can sleep through it and not miss anything. <laughs> Jeez. We went with Stella we went with Stella last on this one. We'll go first this time with Stella. What'd you think of the origin of Menace on this one? Um generally I'm against little intermissions. I think we've seen this in other like they actually put an intermission within an issue and I just I don't really like them. It wasn't badly written, but in general I don't agree with them. Um Oh I guess some of the things I wrote down is that it was clever and somewhat disappointing how they described the kiss between Peter and Willie. Yeah. Like, I think I would have been better if, you know, she does, you know, like him, and this is just more trouble for Peter to get, you know, he has, like, this love triangle going on. But, no, it was actually to prevent him from flipping the book, which would actually activate a secret door. Yeah. So that was either well thought out or, I, I don't know. I was a little disappointed, but, yeah, it's still clever. Um, and I guess the whole accident thing just kind of makes me think of Lily as a, a dumb blonde, that she knocked all this stuff over and then it was absorbed instead of her thinking about it, thinking it through and saying, oh, I could help my father's campaign, he could be mayor, I'm going to drink this green stuff. Yeah. But, you know, dumb blonde. Um, overall, I think I would give it a B. Um, the epilogue at the end, I thought, was... Probably the best moment, just seeing um, Harry, what's he doing, you know, yeah. intriguing. So, yeah, be for me. Okay. JR, what would you think of the origin of another goblin? Well, I'm curious as to how she knew exactly, you know, what book to pull to get into Norman's secret room. I mean, 
<laughs> you know, did she go through each? Did she spend like about a half, you know, six hours going through each and every book? Well, gee whiz, since he's a super, since I know he's a, a super secret bad guy, he probably has a cliched secret room, and it's probably going to be activated and triggered by pulling on one of these books. So <laughs> what did she do? Go through each and every book, and then she finally found the one that uh, that opened the secret door. So that was kind of convenient. But but then again, I you know, like soap operas and you know, comic books. I mean, you know, most of the plotting is plotting of convenience. Right. I just I just didn't realize why. I just didn't understand why it took a whole issue to tell this story. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, basically it was just a way to drag out the uh, drag out. Uh, I was about to call this thing "New Ways to Die," but it's really called character assassination. Yeah. It seems like it was just another way to drag out the whole uh, the whole the whole. Uh, the whole uh, mini series here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we didn't we didn't need a whole issue to tell Lily's story. I mean, basically, she's another she's another uh, supervillain with daddy issues. Right. You know, and, and uh, it's not like we don't have plenty of those in Spider Man already. So um, there was really nothing surprising uh, or particularly revelatory about this issue and about her motivations. It's, it's um, very similar to the Hobgoblin orange origin too. Stumbling across the Goblin Lab, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, and uh, and of course, you know, and again, like uh, like Stella said, you know, I mean, she thinks, oh, the, gee, I can think of getting uh, my father elected mayor, and it's like, wait a minute. I mean, you know, the first thing she doesn't think about is, uh, you know, blackmailing Norman Osborn, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> or, uh, you know, I mean, she's got the goods on Norman Osborn, and she's not going to use that against him, uh, you know, to either wreck havoc with his life or 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 something. Right. But uh, I just kind of found it interesting. Oh yeah, I'll make my old man mayor. Yeah. <laughs> um, now very very average story um, should have been it was twice as long as it should have been uh, the only uh, the only real uh, interesting part is I'm curious as to what Harry's going to do now you know is Harry going to is Harry going to don a costume and uh, t- take her on in the skies above New York City or is this just another uh, or is this just another subplot that's going to you know sit and stew for a while until American Sun happens later in the year so yeah. we'll see but uh, again another another C grade for me this time okay. around all right Zach what do you think it was really. You're doing a Shatner. What are you doing? <laughs> Sounds like it's constant. You okay? <laughs> well, I uh, I don't. There are no words to describe. Get it out! Get it out! <laughs> uh, <laughs> really, it, it was okay. It wasn't. I was immensely disappointed. I was like, you know what? I'd rather have gotten all four, three other parts of the story done in one month instead of having to sit here and, and read through this waste of waste of pages. <laughs> I, I don't really care about Menace's backstory. Don't care about Lily Hollister. So why do I have to sit there and read this stupid interlude? Yeah. And like what JR said, how convenient that she happens to pull the one book that, you know, Happens to open the cliche secret layer. How many secret layers does Norman Osborn freaking have? Anyway? Okay. A thousand? Because the Hobgoblin found found one. Then you know you got you got now Menace and who knows? Oh yeah, and Bart Hamilton had found another one. So how many freaking secret layers do you have, Norman? I mean, really? Um, and who? I, I just it is a it, Menace. I can give two craps less about. I'd rather see Spider Man in jail right now mm-hmm. beating some bad guys up yeah it was just kind of a waste of pages so i'm going to give it a d, d wow. didn't like it was it kitson's art that threw you off too yeah, yeah. i was kind of like okay um I don't, not that i don't like barry kitson's art i just 
was like, okay, I was expecting Al Milgram, I think was who was solicited to be the guy, who, and then all of a sudden we get kids. kids. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So, so I mean, it was good. You gave it a D, but, is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Okay, Kev, what do you think? This was bad. <laughs> uh, it wasn't jackpot annual bad. True. That's its own special level of hell. <laughs> but, uh, this was not good comics uh, on many, many levels. I mean, we got... We can forgive the reveal in the last issue that everybody saw coming. Yeah. But then to take an entire issue out to explain to us this reveal that everybody saw coming is either insulting or, well, let's just go with bad. I think that was a good word to begin with. Um, the the story was not interesting remotely. It's, as you guys have said, it's all mostly stuff we've seen before. Uh, even the art I was disappointed with. I love Barry Kitson. He's been my favorite on the um, on the whole rotation of Amazing Spider-Man artists. But I think this was rushed because it, w- it wasn't Al Milgram. It was actually Klaus Jansen that was solicited to do the art for this issue. Who was uh, he's been John Romita Jr.'s inker, but he's also an artist himself. And I'm not sure why he didn't end up doing the art, but I get the impression that Barry Kitson ended up getting rushed because this was not up to his usual level. Uh, the coloring, it was not his usual colorist, and this person didn't fit him near as well. So I kept actually flipping back to the first page to check that credit and make sure it really was Barry Kitson because it didn't look like mm-hmm. it. Um, overall, I didn't care um, at all. I'm, I'm done with Menace. I'm just, I'm really bored. I mean, really hardcore bored. <laughs> um, and... The the character was all over the place, really. I mean, just in the one conversation between Lily and Harry in the present, you have Lily going from uh, telling Harry what a weak, insignificant little man he is to, I really do love you, and, and maybe we will get married. Yeah. And it's it's almost like they're trying to set up some kind of a parallel between Harry's relationship with Norman and Harry's relationship with Lily, but it's done so shoddily, and it, it just doesn't work at all. So I... I was bored before. I really didn't care about Menace and Lily before. Now I'm to the point of wanting them gone. This was uh, this was a D minus issue. Wow. I'll give it a B minus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I actually give a shit about Menace now. Um, I, I uh, liked the backstory. I mean, granted, it, it took a little elements of the Hobgoblin. And it took a little daddy issue storyline, but now I, I kind of give a shit. I didn't give a shit before. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny that uh, Michael Bailey in his review uh, f- found the exact Hulk cover that matched the cover for this issue back in the Hulk in Vegas, Peter David issue. It looks exactly like the cover that John Romita Jr. did, which makes this broad look really Spock ugly. <laughs> she looks like she has Spock ears and her horns from Hellboy have been cut off. <laughs> but you know what? It wasn't a bad back back story. Granted, they took a little here, they took a little there, and now I give a crap about Menace a little bit. But you know, uh, Kevin, to hit your point up, you said Guggenheim has problems with history and continuity. Is this an example of it? Um, it might be. Yeah. I guess you could say that because it technically is history, mm-hmm. but he's not really dealing with a whole lot of continuity. Most of this is stuff he's just made up, and he's not even having to dance between the raindrops, so to speak, because it's all new characters. So 
maybe he just does. Maybe it's not just continuity. Maybe it's also the past. Who knows? <laughs> All right, let's tackle 587. We'll call this the Spider-Man Shawshank. Uh, Spidey's basically in jail. He's been arrested, etc. And Daredevil comes to talk to him. And let's start off with Kevin this time. What do you think of this issue? Well, I preferred this story under its original title back in 1995, The Trial of Peter Parker. <laughs> um, it's not good. <laughs> it's not bad. It's the best of the three, mm-hmm. but uh, no compliment there. I think one of the biggest problems is that uh, I believe this was the issue. Basically, you have little cut scenes here and there from the Spider-Man Extra issue number one, which was like over a half a year ago that Guggenheim did, and you're being referred to, actually, the Marvel digital version of it. They're not even mentioning within the comic that it was in that extra number one. I didn't catch that. Even people that read it might not. Where did they they mention that? Was that in, like, a little word balloon or something? It it was one of those editor's notes, you know, for for the full story, see on Marvel Digital, Marvel.com. It's like they've got it. So you're going to have people that have read the extra... And they're kind of thinking, this seems familiar, but I don't remember what the hell it was, yeah. thinking they haven't read it because they think it's a Marvel Digital thing. So, <laughs> I mean, I read all these issues. I read Extra Number One, and I was still trying to remember exactly what the hell happened uh, at the same time with not caring, which really hindered the whole process. Yeah. <laughs> so, basically, you, in part, ostensibly, actually, it's part four of the story because we got to count the interlude. It was a part of yeah. it. So, in the fourth part of this story... We just kind of in the middle of it, well, you got this part of the story over a half a year ago, so we're going to gloss through here so we can get to the scenes of Peter Parker having to fight people in jail, because, you know, we've never seen that before, <laughs> and it's it's not at all reminiscent of uh, Ed Brubaker's first arc on Daredevil. I mean, <laughs> no parallels there at all. <laughs> so, it was, I don't know, It mm, yeah, I do know, it wasn't good, it was bad, Um you know, I'm trying to decide what grade I would give this. I gave, I said it was the best one of the three. I gave the first one a C, so I guess I'll have to give this one a C okay. as well. Jr., what do you think of uh, 587? Shawshank Spidey. Yeah, well, um, I've already gotten, I've, I've grown weary of character assassination already. Uh, and I'm not, you know, the, the, the sad thing is it's resolving some plot lines but I'm not even remotely interested. Yeah. Uh, like th- this thing going with the spider tracer killings. I mean, uh, that was that was never interesting. I agree. It, it just was. It was never interesting. And the fact now that it's a conspiracy of cops who are trying to frame Spider-Man still doesn't make it interesting. I just want it to be over with. Um, I don't care what happens to Vin Gonzalez. I've never liked this character. I've really not liked any of the new characters that have been foisted on us in one more uh, in. Uh, <laughs> brand new day. I can't even remember. Uh, I had trouble myself. <laughs> yeah. So I don't care that he's getting his clock cleaned at the end of the issue by a bunch of prisoners because I just don't like the guy. He's a dick. Yeah. You know, he's a dick to Peter Parker and he's 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 a dick to Spider Man and he's just basically an unlikable character. Uh, so I don't care what's happening to him. Uh, I don't care that Carly's being set up. I mean, I don't I don't you know like I said I don't care about the Spicer Tracer thing at all. Um, so this has been a this is just another disappointing issue. Um, you know, it, which is a shame because I think last month we were saying that it was one of the better months that we'd had uh, since Brand New Day began. 
but uh, it's kind of uh, now it's kind of spinning off into the you know I don't care if I pick up another issue the way things are going so uh, I have to give this one a D mm. so wow. yeah uh, Stella what do you think of this one uh, well just like Kevin I thought that it was the the better of the three or I guess the best of the three issues um, I guess I don't have too much to say about it. Um, I did encounter deja vu about the court case. Um, I did recognize it and the multiple Spideys coming from that issue that we had read before. But, I mean, why refer to I, – I couldn't tell if um, it was happening contemporaneously with that issue or it was just happening again. And if it was happening again, um, I just wondered why they couldn't be more clever, do something else instead of repeating. But if it was, I guess, at the same time, I can't really blame them. Um, it was uh, at the same uh, time, but you can blame them for giving you that scene a half a year ago. Oh, yeah. So that's a little confusing because then I question the timeline of what's going on right now. That's a little weird. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess, I don't know, yeah, the whole cop thing. I don't know. I guess you could kind of say I saw that coming. But now, of course, you wonder what's going to happen to Vin and Carly um, now that they've been implicated in that. And I do have to say that whole neck brace thing that Spider-Man has on, yeah. it both reminds me of a dog collar, <laughs> like those satellite things, yeah. or something that um, I can't remember his name. Kevin will probably know. But in Nightwing, I remember there was... <laughs> A villain who his head got like turned all the way around, and so he kept like his head was like facing his back. Weird. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, but I I, it just reminds me of that. But I mean, overall, I think I would give it a B. I mean, it wasn't so terrible. I thought it was the best, so yeah. I can't really punish it for that. All right, Zach, hit it up. <clears throat> okay, well, you know, it, bah, bah. <laughs> Okay, I thought That's it was. Cool. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> to me, the, I had so, such high hopes for this for this story arc. You know, I was like, "All right, we're finally getting some answers." And then I, I, I'm in the same camp as Jr. I'm like, "I don't really give a shit." Yeah. I mean, here's the deal. What was it? Twenty issues ago that we got the scene in the courtroom. Twenty issues ago. Now, if it had been done in extra number two fairly recently, that would have been great. Mm-hmm. But not 20 issues ago. Right. Um, yeah, th- you know, they try to try to build this up like this was just being a big, epic, long storyline, and it's just it's failed miserably. And even in its climax, it's, it's failed miserably. So, I, as an issue itself, um, I, I like the art. There cannot, I mean... The coloring is a bit off. I agree with uh, Kevin that something still the coloring is okay is bleh. <laughs> um, but honestly, I I gotta give this a C. Yeah. Because it passes as as, as a okay story. But uh, the next issue better be really good. Yeah. But it seems like everything's been pushed back so far that it's it's ridiculous. Has uh, the next issue not come out yet? Five eighty eight. It is not. Okay. Uh, neither has the final issue of Spider Girl. So uh-huh. it may be it may be the first of April before we we even get it, as well as you right. guys. Uh, Jr. may be able to help me out on this, but uh, I remember back in August of 1981, Amazing Spider-Man mm-hmm. number 219, we had the title Peter Parker Criminal, which we had uh, <laughs> Spider-Man behind bars, and it looks like Denny O'Neill wrote that issue. 
And oh, yes, what what Jer? I said, oh yes, yep. he did. That was another one of his another one of his classics. And looks like in the eighties, that was the one time he was behind bars. And then in the nineties, nineteen ninety five, April of nineteen ninety five, Peter Parker's spectacular Spider Man number fifty seven titled Aftershocks, which had two covers. It had a die cut where you could open up the cover and open the bars for Peter Parker. And and uh, strangely enough, John Romita Jr. penciled that one, too. And, Zach, do you remember, wh- why was he in jail on that one? It had the Scarlet Spider. He was, uh, he was in jail because of murders that took place in Salt Lake City. Okay. Uh, there, there was a detective, that was his name was Jacob Raven. He came in to, uh, to New York investigating the case because uh, Kane had started uh, killing people again. Okay. And the mark was the link between those between the murders. And of course Kane being a clone of Peter Parker, well, it has his fingerprints. So he yes, he was in jail because of that. JR went in the sixties and seventies was he behind bars again too? Do you remember? Not that I okay. remember, no. Well, I mean, it's just, I, I think it's, it's, we've been here before. As we, we did the Hobgoblin arc, we've been here before with the Menace thing. We've been here before with Spider-Man behind bars. We've done this game. We've done this dance. I wish we could do something new. <laughs> That's my only complaint. With that complaint, I'll also uh, balance it with some compliments. I enjoyed Matt Murdock's sneaking in a web shooter in a book. I thought that was kind of cool. And I also think it was cool with how he used a web shooter to bust free from the chains and protect the guy that framed him. And the artwork was great. But I guess when you balance that out, I guess I'll give it a B minus. <laughs> it should be a C plus, but I, I, I still am digging the issue. Uh, I, I want to see what happens, how he gets out of jail and he breaks free and how all the legal wrangling that Matt Murdock is doing to keep his identity secret. And again, we've done this dance before with Matt Murdock trying to keep Spider-Man. See, maybe it's because I like the previous story so much that I'm liking this one, Jr. Is that you think that's what it is? It's like a remake of a movie. <laughs> no, I th- I think it's just because you're in denial. I mean, because when you think about because when you think yeah. about it, you know, if, really, I mean, I'm seriously starting to question whether I want to continue reading these comics, particularly as the price is starting to go up on all of them. Uh, I mean, because they're they're just that uninteresting. And uh, for a long-time Spider-Man fan, I mean, like, I've been collecting this, you know, longer and longer than you have. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, you don't want to do it. You don't want to give it up. Yeah. Um, but, uh, boy, it just isn't, uh, it just isn't very... Uh, they, they just aren't doing a whole lot to want to keep me. Yeah. And uh, I think maybe that's what it is. We just don't, you know, maybe us longtime fans just don't want to finally give it well, up. Us longtime so. fans are seeing the the repeats. We're seeing the remakes of these stories, you know? Yeah, maybe, well, maybe well, that's the main thing. Yeah. Um, didn't mean to interrupt you, but I mean, I'm not, compared to you guys, I'm nothing like a longtime fan, and even I'm seeing repeats yeah. here. Yeah. I'm, I was the one that mentioned the trial of Peter Parker, and he. That was within my time, for God's right. sake. We, we talking, are we talking that, that Peter Parker 57, where he was in jail? That was the prelude. Okay. There was a four-part story yeah. the next month called Trial of Peter Parker, which, by the way, also had a John Romita Jr. cover of, it was actually Ben Riley, but it looked like Peter Parker standing there in handcuffs right. with the words, The Trial of Peter Parker. You could paste that cover onto any one of these issues, and it would work right. by yeah. the same artist. Uh, um I'll agree. And ironically enough, my first issue was Aftershocks Part 2. <laughs> ironically enough. So, that was the know. one with the, uh, the 
it was a double cover. It had a spider over it. You open it up, and there was Kane and Peter Parker breaking out of jail, right? right. I think yep. so. Anyway. All right. Well, Steve, Wa- Steve Wacker would just tell us that we've been reading the comics too long then. And we need to give it up. I mean, that's yep. that's that's what he that's exactly what he would say if you were to bring this up. So yeah, I'm 22 years old, so it's about time for me to move on. He wants the that's he right. wants the 12 year olds. He doesn't want the 34 year olds. Like myself, <laughs> he doesn't want the 22 year olds. He doesn't want the 22 year olds either. All right, we're we're going to tackle one more issue before we break off in other topics. But uh, an issue that had an impact on the current continuity was Amazing Spider-Man Family Number Four. Uh, one of my favorites, James DeMatteis, wrote. The follow-up of Spectacular Spider-Man number 200, which basically he—I think it's kind of neat that he got to write the 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 retcon, <laughs> which not many writers get to do that. But he uh, delved into how Harry came back and how Peter Parker found out that Harry was alive. So I think Stella, Kevin, and myself have read it. Zach? No, I did. No, oh, it's Zach. Zach read it, right? It's me. And JR has yeah, not. That was me. So let's hit Kevin up. What did you think of uh, that issue? Just this that, was a real just treat. Just that story. I mean, yeah, that uh, this basically showed that this continuity isn't unsalvageable right. if you get somebody like J.M. DeMathis to do it. I mean, he has such a mastery of these characters. I mean, it, and he's not just writing what he wrote before. He he went through several time periods and he showed just a perfect handle on all these people from now to when he was writing them to the time way before he was writing them when Stan Lee introduced them. I mean, it was all spot on. It was an absolute joy to see Harry and Gwen back in the day again written by J.M. DeMathis because he did it so well. And honestly, in just this partial issue, he managed to justify all the stuff we've been complaining about with the relationship between Peter and Harry for over a year now. Mm-hmm. And it makes you wonder why the hell they didn't do any of this a year ago. I mean, if this story had come out near the beginning of Brand New Day, then a lot of my complaints about uh, Dan Slott's last arc probably would have been wiped away because J.M. DeMathis made it actually – a believable relationship between these two old friends, yeah. and he made me he made me buy it yep. in a way that all of the brain trust has just not given all these issues beforehand. And it was it was a great little story to read. It really helped try to salvage this continuity. Now, you know, if they keep doing what they've been doing with it, then it can only do so much. But it it justified Harry's return and his place in this world, and was such a limited space to do it in, uh, it was very impressive. I would give that story uh, absolute A. Wow, there you go. Zach, what would you give it? A plus. Wow. Uh, this, every, for everything that Kevin just said, and more, put it this way. This just shows, and I'm, I'm going to badmouth everybody on the brain trust, this shows this the incompetency of this brain trust. Because the most competent story that's this was the most competent story that's come out since uh, back in Black Part Six, whatever. To be quite honest, with competent in as in as what? In that it actually explains stuff. Oh, okay. It actually it actually it, 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 they just did this 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 did that's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> this did more to progress the character yeah. of Harry Osborn in the brand new day universe. Than 36, 
fully five issues of Amazing Spider-Man in one year. Well, and I think you you hit it exactly there, Zach. Uh, it's it's the word character mm-hmm. because that's that's what J.M. DeMathis is actually caring about here, and that's something that it doesn't seem like they've bothered with over the past year plus is really defining this as a character and giving us moments between these two friends as characters and respecting these characters. And that's exactly what it did. I think you, I think you really hit it there. Yeah. Uh, I'd give it a B plus. There's a couple things that bothered me. The artwork by Val Smekis, Smikus or something like that. Uh, didn't really dig the artwork. Um, but I, it was a very – I enjoyed the flashbacks to previous Spider-Man stories, like where it was revealed that Peter's parents were uh, robots, and you had that big image of the nor, or Harry on the screen in the goblin outfit laughing at him from the grave. I liked that. I liked the uh, – where was that scene from the, uh, the goblin um, jack-in-the-box? Was that from Spec 200 where the – Goblin Jack Jack Box. I thought that was great. He was bringing up some of his old stories. I thought the only problem that bothered me in the whole story was if a guy that you've known for years comes back from the dead, the first question is, how the hell did you do it? And he never asked that. And that just bothers me. He didn't ask that until he went on that road trip with him to meet Liz. And I, I think... See, I thought he did ask that, and Harry just said he wasn't ready to talk about it yet. Yeah, but I'd, I'd still push the guy. <laughs> I mean, I, w- yeah, I wouldn't instantly become friends with him, because in, in that universe, he could be a clone, he could be the chameleon, he could be anybody. That was a problem I had going in, yeah. too, but I just I thought DeMathis uh, addressed it really well. Yeah. You know, he had – it wasn't these big, uh, you know, scientific ideas of why he's going to believe this. He just – he saw something in his friend's eyes yeah. that told him that this is his friend, mm-hmm. and I thought that was the way to do it. I mean, I, I agree that he he could pull it off, but I just there was just a glaring hole in my opinion. But uh, I, I'd still love the story. I, anything he writes, I enjoy, basically. <laughs> so yeah. Um, how do, how do, so it's a shame he's not part of the brain trust, really. That isn't. It's what. It's a shame he's not part oh, of the I brain agree. trust. I mean, so when, oh yeah, that would help a lot. When I interviewed him, though, he he's tapped for. He he can he said he can write short Spider-Man stories, but he, I don't think he's up for writing the big drama stories like they have these days in the three issues a month, etc. But he, he's he's just great. He always has been. He's one of my favorites. But you know, a, a question for the panel is: How do we make this amazing Spider-Man family book sell? Do we dump the reprints and lower the price to three ninety nine? How do we how do we make this book sell? Because Spider Girl is going to be in this thing. I'll tell you what you really need to do. You do. Get rid of uh, the amazing Aunt May. Oh, yeah. For God's yeah. sake, get it out of there. The amazing spider <laughs> ma'am, if you will. Yeah, I know. I didn't want to actually say it. <laughs> get, get, rid of, uh, get rid of Spider-Pig. And probably get <laughs> if you're going to do reprints, just do one so you can lower this price. Yeah. I think the price is killing it. It's yeah. really killing. Uh, especially once it goes monthly. I mean, people are not paying that every month, especially when they know half of it is reprints yeah. that they yeah. could get for 50 cents at the, <laughs> their local comic shop or in a trade. Yeah. And they probably already have if they're going to be buying. If you're going to pay 4.99 for a Spider-Man book monthly, mm-hmm. you're probably a big enough fan that you know these stories already. True. True. JR, how would you save the book? How would you cuz you're not buying it even though it's it's uh, got some stuff you might like in it though. 
No, I mean I'm not paying the five dollars. It would have to come down in price, yeah. and uh, that means that means making it, you know, like they've said before, getting rid of the reprints. I mean, I just can't imagine that they're charging for reprints these days. Yeah. Uh, you know what? What in uh, back in what they were doing that to us in uh, one more day or whatever they were, yeah. uh, you know. They were making us pay a dollar extra to get eight pages of a Mephisto story reprint. I mean, my God, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so they need to, like like the others have said, they need to stop that. I agree. All right, let's talk about, uh, briefly, it looks like this month, uh, I mean, uh, February and January, Spider-Man 583 was the best-selling comic two months in a row. And that's never happened, as far as I can remember. The same issue is the number one best-selling comic of all of the the month, and that's of all time. Of all time. <laughs> and that's basically due to uh, the Obama craze. So uh, we haven't heard from Stella in a while. What do you think of that issue selling out and being the best selling comic two months in a row? I mean, it's kind of sad that it's. Well, I don't want it to sound like unpatriotic, but it's sad that it's due to. Um, President Obama, and not because the story was good. I can't remember what the story was, a, but because Be- of Spider-Man. Betty Brandt. It's Betty Brandt one. That was actually a good story. Yeah. And so it's just sad that that's why um, uh, Spider-Man's getting all the attention. People, I mean, there's an Obama craze out there. You know, as long as he does a good job as president, I'll be fine. But I don't know. I just wish that... Spider-Man was getting attention in other ways. So I guess good job, Obama, for being a very good PA magnet. I, I don't know. <laughs> Feel free. What do what the rest of you guys think? Uh, I was going to put it next to my commemorative plates, but then uh, I lost them in my move. I don't know what happened. <laughs> you never had them. You had Star Trek plates. <laughs> oh, I, actually, I was going to use them for target practice, but uh, I can't find any bullets around here. So, um, now, I... <laughs> Really, I mean, the biggest PR stunt of the year. I think it's awesome. Okay. I mean, it's a great move on Marvel's I, part. I, yeah, but but here's the deal. I mean, it's like you had mentioned before, mm-hmm. and this is kind of a preview to the uh, – or by the time this podcast is released, the uh, Todd Knock interview will already be mm-hmm. out. But uh, why is it that uh, that uh, Todd Knock is going to get screwed? Because he only had five pages Oh, the the royalty check. Uh, Kits, who did that issue? Kitson? Kitson. He's going to get the majority of the money for that book because... Oh, yeah, Kitson and Wade will get all the money, yeah. and Zeb Wells and Todd Knock will get, <laughs> you know, four pages worth. Yeah. But, uh, Kevin, what do you think? I think it's basically a non-issue. Yeah. I mean, really, as comic fans go, it's it's nice for Marvel's bottom line, but it doesn't really mean a whole lot to us. Right. Uh, the, it's not like the comic sold because of the content. It sold because people thought the cover was going to be valuable. And yeah. um, the funny thing is now everybody's trying to do it. I mean, you've got Obama on a million covers. You've got IDW putting out an entire series of comics based on political figures. Even, you know, I think Obama's wife has one, too. <laughs> really? And people just don't understand that. It's not because Obama's on the cover of a comic book. It's because Obama's on the cover of The Amazing Spider-Man. And I'm, I'm seeing these IDW issues uh, on the counter for free at my local comic shop because they can't get rid of them. And, it, you know, it all leads back to the speculator spec, – what, what's the word I'm looking for? The speculator. Speculator market from the 90s. You know, mm-hmm. people were buying these things, think they're going to make a million – they can retire on Spider-Man comics. 
And that, yeah. that still, I think to this day, leads to variant covers. I still think people buy those because they think that they'll be able to get an extra 10, 20 bucks out of them. But. Oh yeah, but of course we're at the point where they're paying so much for them to begin mm-hmm. with. I mean, at my local shops, I don't know about your alls, but the day, a bit, if it's, you know, if it's just a regular variant, then it'll be sitting there on the shelves. But if it's one of those special variants, yeah. you know, a special artist or something, the day it comes out, it'll be wrapped in a plastic bag and marked for $40 exactly. on the rack. And, you know, you can't just go in there and buy it for two dollars And Marvel's smart. They know this is happening, so why not put out a variant? Why not? They'll sell it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, it makes perfect sense to Marvel up until the point if this gets to where the 90s was and the, the, the industry goes bankrupt again, then it's time for we as fans to be affected. Right. Jared, what do you think before we move on? Yeah, I don't think much of it at all. I got my second. Pre- I got my uh, copy of the second printing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, it's got me all choked up. Uh, <laughs> you know, I threw it into my uh, bag and board and have left it behind. I mean, I really don't think much about it. It's uh, it's not going to have a long term impact on the title. I think he's. I think uh, the uh, subsequent issues are now selling below sixty thousand yeah. per issue now. Uh, so it's not going to have any kind of long-term effect on the title. Uh, well, it's just. Uh, I'm going to interrupt you, Jr. But that's okay. I didn't have anything else to say. Just a momentary blip. That's it. Yeah, they uh, they had the brilliant marketing move here with uh, Obama, but they didn't follow it up because really, uh, of the few people, most people are just going in there. They're buying it. They're they're bagging it and they're putting it away. People that don't usually read Spider-Man are on the whole not actually reading the issue. Yeah. But for the people that are, I thought the issue was great. Um, Mainly because of the, not, the Betty Brandt issue part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's not the kind of issue that's going to make people want to stick around and read more. Yeah. And if they do, then the next thing they get is character assassination, which A, is wrapping up all these plot points from the past year or so, so it's not exactly the most new reader-friendly thing you could do, and B... Even us, who have been reading it the whole time and waiting for answers, are bored to frickin' tears. <laughs> so there's, they did a, a great PR move, but really great marketing is in being able to follow it up, right. and they've completely dropped the ball. Right. Well, as Todd said yesterday when I interviewed him, Todd Nock, the artist, he said he had five days to do the issue. So I don't, I, th- I think <laughs> it was just a, oh, Obama's gonna get elected, and he's a spider fan, let's, let's put something together. But we'll put, plug it in somewhere in the middle of all this stuff. So there wasn't much thought yeah, to it. which means they really didn't even plan no, for it. No, they didn't. Although, you know, you can say they didn't plan for it, but character assassination was supposed to be an event. Yeah. And this goes to the thing we were saying before about how we're so bored and it's hard to even keep up with the title because, I mean, I was excited for New Ways to Die. I thought that would pick up the title, and it didn't. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking character assassination surely would pick up the title. And it really hasn't. So now I'm not even excited for American Son. I have no expectation that that's going to pick up the title because history proves otherwise. So, and it, just on Marvel's defense, 352,953 copies. That's a nice just, oh, let's throw something in there. So that's that's a yeah. 453% increase from the previous issue. which It is a nice chunk of change as long as... Uh, the boom slash bankruptcy doesn't well, happen. It's, it's sad. 582 sold 63,000. 583 sold 352,000. 584 <laughs> sold 59,000. So it's lower, <laughs> th- lower than the previous month if you take out the Obama issue. So 
Uh, nobody stuck around <laughs> after that. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's move on to our other topic before we hit Spider History. We're going to talk a bit about the Marvel movies. Spider-Man 4 has a release date of May 6th, 2011, which sounds like a long time away, but it's not really. And also in the Marvel movies news, we have Sam Jackson, Jam- Sam Jackson signing Jackson. Jackson. He's a he's an Asian man. <laughs> Sam Jackson. Uh, signed for, <laughs> what the hell, uh, signed for nine movies. We have Scarlett Johansson. None of which are Spider-Man, by exactly. the way. Yeah, that'd be great. Scarlett Johansson as, uh, Black Widow. <laughs> and Mickey Rourke possibly as the Crimson Dynamo. And he, Mickey Rourke was also rumored to be a Spider-Man villain, which is the only one I can think of as Craven. I mean, what do you guys think? What, what would Mickey Rourke he, be? he could be Electro. He could be Electro? Yeah, I think he could be Electro. Is Electro Russian? Well, he doesn't Mickey have to Rourke be is not Russian. Russian. <laughs> okay. Mickey Rourke is not Russian. I thought he was. I thought he had a bit of Russian. No, Mickey Rourke's American. Okay, he's American. He's actually a good old American thug. There you go. <laughs> he could, you know, and, and, and Electro is kind of a white trash villain anyway. So, I mean, uh, and, and certainly, <laughs> Mickey Rourke in, in some of his pictures has certainly been looking that these days. Yeah. So, uh, I, would be a great shocker. Yeah. Yeah, he could be, yeah, he could be any one of, he could be any one of Spider-Man's B-list thugs. What about so the I mean, rhino? Uh, really. You think he'd be a good rhino? <laughs> no. <laughs> he's, what about Mysterio? Yeah. He, yeah, I he, mean, he doesn't even have to look the part. Yeah, he's got the baseball yeah, on his head. Know. And exactly. Mickey Rourke is not that attractive, so fishball on his head wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> that would help. Yeah. That would help. What did Zach? What did you say earlier? He could be a uh, uh, bone bone saw. <laughs> that was. Me. Oh, sorry. No. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Before we started recording the cast, I tried to make a wrestler joke, and Brad didn't yeah. get it. And I just delivered <laughs> it wrong too. So I duly <laughs> insulted to Kevin. But uh, what, what do you guys think of uh, Sam Jackson in nine movies? That's that's I've never heard of an actor being signed in nine movies. I think that's crazy. I'm wondering if any of his scenes outside of Avengers are going to be anything at all different from the Iron Man scene because it was great in Iron Man. It was a great surprise, yeah. but it's going to get old nine times in a row. I think it. it, it hey, you want to be an Avenger? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm just sad that right. Sam Jackson can't drop the MF. Every he, he he can deliver the MF. Well, you know, in a PG-13, you can deliver one F-bomb. I think, can't you? <laughs> I don't think you. I don't think you can add the M onto it. No, though. no, you can't. You can't do any family tree, but you can do uh, <laughs> mother, father. <yeah. laughs> Stella, what do you think of Avengers Assemble, motherfucker? <laughs> what do you? Wow. <laughs> uh, Stella, what do you think of all the Marvel news, Marvel movie news? We've got a lot of it. Um, it excites me. Yeah. Obviously, some more, more than others. Um, I mean, I'm not really that huge of a Thor fan, which I'm sure after George hears this, he'll be screaming. But, um, <laughs> I mean, Captain America, is that still on? That was on the news, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's coming. Yeah. Okay, that one I'm really excited about. I was really excited about Iron Fist, but I think they actually dropped that from the slated movie list. And it seemed like they had a really a good actor going that was like really um, well versed in all sorts of um, martial yeah, arts. Right. But I the same j- one word about Iron Fist. What was this? 
Um, it was a long time ago, and that's why it's dropped. It's like off of the list now. But they had an no, actor that um, was going to do his own stunts. It was kind of – um, I don't know. I was really excited about it. it. But back in the old rumors, like Wesley Snipes was going to be Black Panther about six years ago. <laughs> Ray, Ray Park, who played Toad in X-Men, was rumored to play Iron Fist. And that came out like after the first Iron Man – or first X-Men movie. Yeah, so. that's kind of sad. But I think the Sam Jackson thing, I think even though they say nine movies, that the, the size of that part could really probably um, be from one line to a very long and extensive thing. So I don't think we're going to get bored of him. I think they're going to use him well, but who knows if we'll get sick, I guess, of seeing I'm Sam Jackson. They're gonna use him, I'm hoping they're going to use him a lot more in Iron Man 2 because they, you know, Iron Man was his introduction, and now that they've – put those two together and Tony Stark's gotten all the way to the point that he's the one appearing in Hulk to recruit a new Avenger, then you'd think they'd be working together. JR, what do you think of four years in between Spider-Man movies? Do you think they can get it right this time? Well, I didn't think they got it so wrong, the third. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that movie had problems, but uh, I'm still surprised of the uh, the vitriol that that thing still inspires. I, I just don't understand why people are so so angry at it. I mean, it wasn't that bad. But anyway, I think four years is about right. I think uh, there's only so much of a, any one franchise that, uh, that the movie-going public can take. Right. Um, so I don't mind a four-year wait. The problem is, I guess, and I hate to say this, but uh, I'm not really that excited about it yet. Maybe... Uh, Maybe it's because of the Star Trek movie coming up. I've got you know other things on my mind. I'm not really thinking about Spider-Man right now, but I'm not really uh, I'm not really juiced for a, a new Spider-Man movie. I guess because uh, you kind of you sit back and you wonder, well, where are they really going to take right. it? They kind of they kind of told one uh, overarching story storyline you know i mean you had there where he gets his powers and you had it where he turned his back on his powers and you had the, the movie where he abused his powers mm-hmm. you know and when you think about it it's just well where are they really going to take it uh beyond uh beyond uh, falling into just conventional uh superhero supervillain you know beating up on each other uh so i'm not really that jones for a new spider-man flick yet i hope i change my mind within the next 12 months or yeah. so but uh i yeah i'm, I'm a little i'm a little disappointed right now i don't know why I'm not more excited. Where would about. you take it? What would you do? Oh God! See, that's the yeah. thing. I don't know. Would um, you do Sinister you know, that's, Six? That's... What would you? I mean, well, I wouldn't do a Sinister Six yet. I think that I think people have kind of got that in mind for a Spider-Man Six. Yeah. I think you need to to introduce a few more villains before you throw a Sinister Sinister Six at him. Okay. Uh, I. <sighs> Well, I don't know. I mean, you've killed off the Osbournes, uh, and I don't think we're going to bring them back through any magical regeneration formula in the movies. Uh, you know, Aww. I don't. I, I I would think. Yeah, I know. When, I would I would think I would think maybe you could go with a more fairly mundane crime story, like bring in the, do the uh, do the, uh, the the tablet uh, saga yeah. and. Uh, do something like that, kind of bring him more down to earth after he's uh, after he's had a, a, a battle with the outer space creature like Venom. Yeah. So, Zach, what do you, Zach, know. what do you think? I'm indifferent. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm indifferent. I I just I don't care right now <laughs> until I start seeing movie stills, and seeing leaked footage or something like that. I won't give a crap. So, um, I just really want Kirsten Dunst out, and that's how we do. Quit being a whiny bastard. It's okay. But uh, I mean, you. No, I mean, you go. I'm sorry. I interrupt. No, I was just gonna say. I mean, you say you want Kirsten out, but do you realize the impact of those words? You're saying you want MJ out of that series. 
I want somebody to replace MJ. Yeah, we want to we want the recast. <laughs> <laughs> recast. I don't want. You know, I I, I think I think you could bring in Black Cat. I think you bring in Rhino, Electro. I think Electro would look great on film. But um, I'm, I'm, well, I don't know. I tell you what, it seems to me that any one of those random villains they they pluck in, whether it be Craven, Mysterio, Electro, the Vulture, it's just going to be such a standard story, and it's going to feel like such a step down. Because, like JR said, they've built it so far, they've done all these things. And the only thing I can think of that would actually feel like a new chapter, a progression, a step forward, and raise that kind of excitement would be the Clone Saga. Which, when you do that, you, you know, you've had, you know, like JR described by the different ways they've looked at his powers, abusing his powers, turning his back on them. One thing he's always really maintained is that uh, Spider-Man is sort of a curse. So if you introduce somebody else that can do it, somebody else that can take on that mantle, that has those powers, then you're forcing him to claim that life and forcing him to see why he wants the life he has when it's threatened. Yeah. And I think that could actually make for an interesting movie, a progression of the character. I don't think they would do it, but I think the Clone Saga would actually be their best bet. Okay, let's go back and talk a bit about Marvel history. We've got uh, this month in Spider-Man history. We're going back to 1993. I always like to go around and find out what people were doing in 93. JR, how old were you in 93? I was a uh, whopping 30, 31 years oh, old. Wow. And Stella, how what were you doing in 93? In 93? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I I guess I was 93 minus 86. What is that, 7? No, I was 6 years old. Wow. I, I don't really know what I was doing. I, I might have broken my elbow at that point. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. So you were 6. Kevin, how old were you in 93? I think I would have been the same age. Six. Um, I guess I was in, what, second grade? Wow. And Zach, what were you doing? I was in kindergarten. All right. Speak up. Couldn't hear you. I was in kindergarten. Kindergarten. Wow. Uh, I was graduating high school in March of, actually not of March of 93, May of 93 I was graduating. But, uh, we're going back to March of 93. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 375 was released. It was called The Bride of Venom. Written by David Michelini and Mark Bagley. And also appearing this month was Spectacular Spider-Man number 198 with J.M.D. Mateus. And Sal Buscema on art on the Spectacular Spider-Man. Um, Castles in the Air, the X-Men teamed up with Spider-Man in that issue. And Web of Spider-Man number 98 was released by Terry Cavanaugh. Blah! And, uh, excuse me, <laughs> Alex Savick uh, penciled that issue. Spider-Man also appeared in a fourth title, Peter Parker's Sp- Spider-Man number 32, written by Stephen Grant and artist by Bob McCloud. Uh, looks like the Punisher teamed up with him on that issue. As if four titles weren't enough back in the early 90s, he also made an appearance in New Warriors number 33, Forces of Darkness, Forces of Light, written by Fabian Nisiasia, Fabian, 
And uh <laughs> and if four was enough, we also had five Spider Man books in March of ninety three. Fantastic four number three seventy four, written by Tom DeFalco, penciled by Paul Ryan. The new Fantastic Four, which consists of Spider Man, Hulk, Ghost Rider, and Wolverine, fought the old Fantastic Four, which is the normal guys. So, JR, tell me a bit about that month. What do you remember from them? Since we were well, in grade school at the time they came out. <laughs> well, you got to remember this is three around around this time I think when Spider Man was uh, steadfastly going downhill. Yeah. Three seventy five was one of the uh, was was a perfect example of some of the excesses. I mean, you had uh, you had uh, Venom uh, being the uh, being the basically the number one star of the issue. And as much as I was complaining about Menace making Spider Man her bitch during uh, <laughs> during that. I mean, Venom has always Venom, particularly in the early years. Venom always had Spider-Man's number, <laughs> and frankly, it, it just it just always uh, bored me. Uh, in fact, uh, in 375, Venom just about has Spider-Man on the ropes again, yeah. and then uh, Silver Sable's Wild Pack comes in, flying with their their big sonic guns and things like that. It, it was just it was just a typical loud, obnoxious issue, uh, and it was overblown, and it had. Uh, these four backup stories, none of which you really cared about. Uh, it was just typical. Very, you know, it was very much, very much the uh, symptomatic of the nineties. Yeah. Uh, a, a big, pointless, uh, loud, obnoxious issue uh, with uh, very little substance. Is this the one where they so, made the truce? Is this where they shook hands? Yes. Okay. Yes, I believe yeah. it is. All right. Do you remember anything from Spec One Ninety Eight? Uh, wasn't that the issue? Uh, what me teaming up with the X Men right. in one ninety eight, one ninety nine? I don't. Professor I don't re- Power. Yeah. It looks like. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember that one uh, very Professor clearly. Professor Power. Yeah, Professor Power. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not, not the same Professor Power that appeared in the. Uh, that was Shashan's husband, right? This was a different Professor. I Power. guess I don't. I don't remember this. There were multiple Professors Power. Power. <laughs> I, I think there was. I think. Uh, I think. <laughs> Shan's husband back in the. I'm not sure though. Not sure. So uh, with, I don't. But, but don't confuse it with Captain Power, which was oh, yeah. uh, part of the uh, Mackie yeah. Bird reboot. So. And Web of Spider-Man '98. I don't remember at all. He fought the Blood Rose and the Doppelganger and the for- Foreigner. And I, I remember Doppelgamer made a cameo. Yeah. I remember this. I don't. I couldn't stand Terry Cavanaugh's writing at all. Jared, you concur? Did you not like his stuff? Oh. Well, he was the guy who gave us the clone saga to begin with. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, there's there's no place in hell hot enough for him. <laughs> so. uh, uh, now, I, do, I don't remember. I, I don't remember. I remember liking the issue, Peter Parker's Spider-Man number 32. Uh, but I, I don't remember much about it. <laughs> he fought the Masters of Vengeance. Do you remember that issue, Jr.? No, in fact, except for uh, except for issue number th- Amazing three seventy five, I got all these issues in the back issue bin yeah. uh, after I had stopped collecting for a while. And then I went back and rebuilt my collection. So uh, I, uh, if I read them, I read them very quickly and then put them aside. So no, I don't remember them really and at I all. I don't remember the New Warriors guest star, but I do remember the Fantastic Four versus the New Fantastic Four. That and I don't really remember the issue much, but I remember the team. I remember that uh, that Simonson Art Adams team up back in the day but i don't remember when they actually fought did you, did you pick up this issue jr 
Yeah, it was. In fact, I discussed it during my uh, Spider-Man team player series. Okay. Uh, it was it was one of those issues where it didn't make any sense because Spider-Man, what he does is he gets the Hulk and Wolverine and uh, Ghost Rider, and he basically decides he's going to gang up on Johnny Storm and try to talk sense into him. He's not going to, you know, he's known this guy for a decade or more. He's probably his closest friend in the superhuman community. He's not going to find him and talk to him mano y mano <laughs> to try to get him to, to calm down. No, he's going to he's going to bring in some of the toughest, nastiest guys in the Marvel universe. <laughs> And he's going to try to intimidate him in the comic. Okay. Down. Yeah, that that that's one that's one way to really try to get through to your best friend. So <laughs> that was uh, yeah, that was a uh, that was a disappointing issue by Mister DeFalco, who usually does much much better. Yeah. So I agree. So <laughs> it sounds like uh, what twenty some odd years ago we still had spider problems with, <laughs> but he he was in a lot more books back in '93, which I don't know. Do you, well, if you think about it, is he really? We've got uh, three uh, regular. We've got uh, we've got an X Men Spider Man miniseries. We've got Marvel Adventures. He's probably in the. Well, got a, he's in the new Avengers. He's in Ultimate. He's, and then there's a Spider Man Noir going on right. You know now. what? He's probably in more books these days than he was in the nineties. What's that about? <laughs> well, it's about it's it's it, it's about it's about trying to strangle your golden goose is what it is about. <laughs> It's always been about. So. And I didn't notice this at and, the time, but uh, back in 93, the cover price of Amazing Spider-Man number 390, 375 with the gold foil cover was $3.95. Boy, that hasn't changed much. <laughs> no, no, and you don't get as many you don't get as many pages anymore either. All right, gang, uh, that wraps up the topics. Let's hit recommendations. Stella, we haven't heard from you. What do you recommend this month? You all, uh, Let me guess it's okay. a literature recommendation. Yay! <laughs> yeah, so it's time for Spider-Girl Recommends Literature. Um, today, to go along with the Ides of March um, theme, I'm going to recommend William Shakespeare's Julius Caesar. Um, obviously, it chronicles, I think, a little bit from his end of um, office as dictator appointed in 44 to through the, the conspiracy and then um, maybe a little bit after. It's been a little while since I've read that. But, you know, I encourage people to go out and read that. Um, Comic-wise... I think before oh this this morning with breakfast I read Captain America what what issue was that I, I can't remember um, so it was the most recent issue in my Miller comic box um, and I don't I think I've recommended it before but just it's one of those books that really deserves to be recommended each time um, I know people kind of were up in arms with Bucky being the new Cap but it's just really worked out and I'm really loving loving his relationship with Natalia and everything so. I recommend that. Yeah. Kevin, what do you recommend, sir? I'm going to drop my usual multimedia recommendations. I'm just going to talk about comics because I feel like I spend so much time on this podcast talking about how much I'm not enjoying Amazing Spider-Man. I want to talk about a few comics that I am enjoying for Does once. Does it have the initials um, GL? <laughs> actually, that's not one Hot of them damn. because <laughs> I feel like I've recommended that enough. If you don't know that I think you should be reading that by now, then you're not listening. Um, you just the first one is you just tricked me. I'm the one that mentioned Green Lantern for the first damn time of this show. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> um, the first one is Witchblade, which is I think this month beginning uh, a six part arc called War of the Witchblades with uh, number 125. It's a story that Ron Mars has been building up to his entire run. He started with just the one Witchblade bearer, like it's always been, Sarah Pizzini. Then he added. Uh, a new one, Danny Baptiste, who took the Witchblade when Sarah was pregnant. And after 
she had the baby, the Witchblade split between the two of them. So they each have half of the Witchblade now. And one thing that fans who are really paying attention have noticed is that Danny's Witchblade is a lot lighter. It has a blue-colored gem, and Sarah's is a lot darker. It has a red-colored gem. And we're starting to see Sarah act a lot darker, the original bearer of the Witchblade. And this is all kind of built to a head, and it's going to blow a lot of things wide open, and you're going to have an all-out war of the Witchblades. And Stephen Sedgwick's art is just gorgeous and beautiful. It's going to be fantastic for something like this. So if you haven't tried it yet... Pick up Witchblade number 125, War of the Witchblades Part 1. I think it's going to be a great story. Uh, the next one is X-Factor. Oh, crap. Which... That's what I was going to uh, recommend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I dropped X-Factor uh, after having read the whole thing a few months ago because I just couldn't look at Larry Stroman's art. I couldn't I do it. Um, but I was hearing all this buzz about the new issue, so I knew he had departed the comic. So I picked up the back issues, and I caught up. And good God, uh, the past two issues yep. have been absolutely amazing. Now, Peter David made a plea uh, within the comic for us to not spoil the ending of either of these two comics, so I'm not going to say what happened. Uh, but these were some of the most emotionally affecting, hard-hitting comics I have ever read. I mean, they it basically reminded me why I want to write these things. They were just so good. Uh, you have to give this thing a try, at least... Pick up the last two issues, and if you don't see what I'm saying, then we don't like the same comics. <laughs> um, the next one, I I read the Wisdom miniseries, followed by the first trade for Captain Britain and MI-13. I'd recommend both of those. I liked Wisdom better, but I feel like Captain Britain is just ramping up with that first uh, story arc. Uh, it was... It, it's, it's just so British. <laughs> it's really the best way to describe it. It's, it's a really fun comic, way off the wall, but... It's not just throwing random crap in and thinking it's funny. It's actually doing a lot of fun stuff, and there is a difference, and Paul Cornell gets it right. The uh, last one that I want to say something about is Phonogram. I'm, I recommended a couple of months ago, I read the Phonogram trade, and it uh, pretty much automatically became one of my two favorite trades of all time. Uh, and the second Phonogram miniseries has started. It's called Phonogram the Singles Club. It's going to be seven issues. Each issue taking is a single-issue story, The Singles Club, and takes place within the same, uh, the same night at one club. And the idea of Phonogram is that music is magic, literally. And it's in one, uh, one dance club in England for this whole thing, and you've got a lot of different characters using magic in different ways, uh, lots of pop references. This guy's a huge pop music fan. Uh, it's just, it is so amazingly done. The art and the writing are top-notch, and I think this is one of the best series out right now. So check out, buy the first Phonogram trade, and then check out uh, Phonogram the Singles Club. Cool. Zach, what do you like? Green Lantern Rebirth. <laughs> <laughs> you best. Okay, I, I decided, I, he was, uh, here's what happened. Kevin decided to buy. Here, speak up. Spider speak Girl. into your mic. How about now? There you go. There you go. Okay. Uh, what happened was, was Kevin decided to uh, to buy Spider Girl, so I decided to be nice. I would buy Green Lantern. So I went back and bought the Rebirth trade, and uh, I hadn't. I, I skimmed through it. The art looked really good, and then I finally, when I got moved in, uh, I actually sat down and read it. I was impressed, and. Uh, Honestly, if there's one person that can do a reboot, it would be Jeff Johns. 
Uh, he's the only person that, because he'll respect previous continuity and make it make sense. Um, something that, that, uh, the brain trust has failed epically. Um, so I'm, I, I can't recommend that, that book enough. If you've never read it, go out, read it, enjoy it. You know, it's, it's good stuff. Cool. Um, that's pretty much all my recommendations. I haven't really had time. I've been, like I say, I've been moving. Yeah. And everything's in place. All right. And, uh, JR, what do you recommend this month? What are you watching or reading? Uh, well, actually, I've been burn stealing, uh, Star Trek Countdown, the, uh, prequel comic. Oh. How's that? I ordered the trade. You like it? Yeah. Written by, uh, written, uh, I can't even remember who's written by the story. It was by the screenwriters of the, uh, upcoming Star Trek motion picture. But, uh, I, I missed the first issue, but was able to burn steal the second. And, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, for those who are fans of the next generation, it's a way of, uh, it's a way of kind of saying goodbye to the next generation as well. And having the next generation kind of hand off the baton back to the old classic crew again. Uh, it's, you know, involves Picard and Data and Ambassador Spock as they try to work together with, uh, with the guy who's going to be the villain in the new Star Trek movie, uh, Nero, who's going to be played by Eric Bana, yeah. uh, to try to avert a catastrophe that could destroy the Romulan Empire. And, uh, I mean, it's mostly, I don't know how great of a story is, but it's a, uh, for those of us, uh, you know, who love Star Trek history and Star Trek Canaan, it's, uh, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderfully self-indulgent little story. So, uh, for Trekkies, I, I definitely recommend it. Is B4 data? Or how to, D4 is data. Okay. B4 is gotcha. data. Data's programming reasserted itself. Oh, there you go. And, uh, so now he is, uh, and data is the captain of the Enterprise now. Oh, good so. grief. <laughs> I'm looking, <laughs> oh, yeah, what, I'm, I'm looking forward to the trade. Huh? I ordered it. <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. I have to ask. How the hell is Data the captain of the Enterprise? Well, because Picard became ambassador to Vulcan. That's why. So uh, Picard's an ambassador to Vulcan, really? Yep. Weird. Yep. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Two comics, uh, a movie, and a DVD. The first one is a DC comic. Oh, you guys ready? Oh. You guys ready for this? Oh my gosh! Oh, well, Watchmen: The Trade. I picked it up. I've oh. read it. Oh. <laughs> I think that was a cop-out. That's a DC that, book. That's the biggest cop-out. That's the only DC book you'll get me to recommend. I tell you what. I, I, I am enjoying the trade. I'm halfway through it. I saw the movie and loved the movie. Uh, I don't think there was that big a sex scene in the book. but uh, uh, And there's a lot of male nudity, too. What's up with that? <laughs> My God. Yeah. A lot of that's because things. Dr. Manhattan pretty pretty much runs around naked. I know, in the, but even Night Owl was naked in this thing. Like there's, was there's it? I, yeah, uh, but it's, it's like a full movie. At least in the movie, you didn't actually see it out there swinging like with Doctor Manhattan. <laughs> anyway, the last time I saw this much, much male nudity was Boogie Nights. So, uh, but anyway, I recommend the book. I recommend the movie. Just top notch, both of them. My wife hated it. This is the second comic book movie she's hated. So I, I, I I'm worried taking her to Wolverine. If that thing sucks, I'm just I'm I'm gonna be on the couch. on the couch, sir. So. uh <laughs> Yeah, get, re- uh, get ready because I have a feeling that's where you're going to be sleeping. <laughs> really? I, she loved the X-Men movies. I don't see how they could screw yeah. this one up. I think Wolverine looks pretty good. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> there's my dog. Gagging his to reiterate what Kevin said, I was also going to recommend X-Factor 39 and 40. I read 40 last night. Great book. Wasn't as good as 39. 39's ending is amazing. And I won't. Well, 39 was like a benchmark for comic books. I don't think you can expect the next one to be quite. No, as good. but 39, uh, just, I won't spoil it, but man, check it out if you can. 
it reaffirms why I love Peter David. Just a great, great issue. Uh, the movie I'm going to recommend is a made-for-HBO movie called Taking Chance with Kevin Bacon. It's a story about how he is in charge of uh, soldiers in Iraq when they pat- when they are killed. He takes the bodies and delivers them to the families. And I watched that last night. Just a great, great movie. Not too long. It's about an hour and a half. Great movie. Love Kevin Bacon. If you like him, uh, you'll like this movie. Also, the final just released on DVD this past week. Uh, it's a Marvel Comics movie that not many people know about. I'm sure they, if they were uh, Kevin and, and Stella and Zach's age, they probably didn't see it. But in the 80s, when I grew up uh, in the 80s, I loved this movie, Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck has been released on DVD. And if you want to see an early Tim Robbins uh, appearance, he's in it. And a very sexy, oh, what's her name? Leah Thompson. It's a horrible movie. But it's entertaining. <laughs> if you like good, bad movies, which is redundant. Have you guys seen Howard the Duck? No. Yeah, I've seen, I saw it about 20 years yeah. ago. Same yeah. here. I haven't seen it since in 20 years. But uh, I, I hope you're not planning to show it to your wife. Oh, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. When I picked that up the other day, uh, she was like, there's no way in hell I'm watching that. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're smarter than no, that. No but uh, those are my recommendations. So before we go, I want to give a thanks to uh, SamRuby.com for giving us the background uh, info for the spider history. He helps us out every month, and it's always a quality site, so check out SamRuby.com. Also, a plug for Morbius. Or Kevin, tell me a bit about we've got issue six of Crawl Space coming out soon. Yeah, uh, it, it should have been out already. Um, <laughs> I'm not yeah, quite sure when this podcast is going up, so it may or may not be out when you're hearing this. Right. Um, Issue number five revealed the identity of the Black Spider, and it was kind of a shock to everybody. Really, the pretty much all the reaction I got from that issue was, I'm not sure about this, man. You're going to have to prove this to me. Right. So uh, issue number six is the full origin of the Black Spider. I'm not going to say his name because Brad hasn't read it yet. Um and I, it's it's a it's a Titanic freaking job. I mean, I'm, I'm about a week late with it now, but it's just I'm trying to do a complete epic of this person's life from beginning to present. And there's a lot of historical reference. I've bought a lot of comics uh, to read and catch up on this, and I'm having to you know transcribe some things and make sure everything lines up. So this is the biggest job I've had so far, but I think it's all going to pay off. So. Hopefully it's out when you hear this and go to the message board and give it a read and please let me know what you think. Cool. Also, I wanted to give a uh, plug to Greg. Uh, he's uh, putting together the Gathering of the Gargoyles convention. It's, he wants me to give a plug because it is specifically for Spider-Man fans. Uh, spectacular Spider-Man fans the animated series are going to enjoy this convention. It's going to be in August 13th in Los Angeles, the Gathering of the Gargoyles. Uh, we're going to have... Uh, producer Greg Wiseman of the show. He's going to be at the convention where you have Tom Adcox, the voice of the Tinker, Keith David, the voice of Big Man, uh, Ben Diskin, the voice of Venom, Crispin Freeman, the voice of Electro, Phil Lamar, the voice of Robbie Robertson, and Rand Robertson, and Fancy Dan of the Enforcers, and Josh Keaton, who we talked to earlier, is also the voice of Peter Parker and Spider-Man. He's going to be at that convention. So, the Gathering of the Gargoyles, if you're over in uh, California and Los Angeles and you'd like to go to this, you've got a few months to plan. It's going to be on August 13th, so check that out. 
And uh, you can find uh, more information at gatheringofthegargoyles.com. So check that out. And that wraps up our second show of March. We have one more before we call it a wrap. Before we go, I want to give a plug to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. They're still accepting orders for March. An example of their discounts is Amazing Spider-Man Family number six. The cover price is five bucks. Mail order has it for three dollars and nine cents, which is thirty-eight percent off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host and webmaster Brad Douglas for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com. <laughs>